This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Where do I begin? First and foremost, it's Friday, and I always honor the, the men and women who serve in the United States military. I don't know what a country could possibly do without a military that it can depend on. So I'm really kind of concerned because Japan is talking about they have some massive security breach they stepped up their alarm over the assertiveness of China in Taiwan. And I, I keep looking at our military and wondering, are we ready? Are we ready for an environment that includes China, Russia, and North Korea? It's like the most severe and complicated security environment since the end of World War II. That's in a report, okay? That's in a, a white paper, a defense white paper report from Japan. Now, I don't know. I, I just finished reading the book Unbroken. And if you have not read that book, it is really a fantastic read. And it paints a very clear picture of World War II, and in particular, of Louis Zampora, who was, uh, you know, uh, an athlete, an Olympic athlete, and it's just amazing to me uh, what he went through in a Japanese prisoner of war camp. He's in multiple camps. But the, the Japanese in World War II were incredibly cruel to the POWs. Like, you were better off being a POW by the Nazis, and that was awful. But the torture that was inflicted upon these men, you know, at one point, the POWs had to line up, and they were POWs from America, from Great Britain, from Australia. They had to line up, and the, some other men were forced to punch them in the face repeatedly. I mean, this is beyond cruelty eating nothing but you know a stale rice ball. People were weighing 80 pounds. It looked like the scenes, similar scenes to the uh, liberation of the death camps. Only the cruelty was even worse, if that's believable. And I, I mean, I believe it because he tells his story and it's, it's extremely disturbing. So I'm looking at everything going on and how ready China is to take on the world. And now, hanging with Russia. So the two powers could literally take on the world. And my military is worried if it has enough transgendered lockers. If that doesn't scare you, you know, share with me your medication, okay? 
because they're scared in Japan. A lot of the people who lived in Okinawa have a lot of memories of the Battle of Okinawa in which Japan's wartime military essentially sacrificed everybody just to delay a U.S. landing on the main island. And a lot of Okinawans say they would be the first to suffer in the event of a Taiwan emergency. China claims that Taiwan is its territory. I mean, we've been watching this unfold, and fortunately, during the last administration, everybody was too fearful to invade or try and take back, as Russia did with Ukraine, as, as China plans to do with Taiwan. They felt like, you know, Donald Trump, he might just do something really rash, and he's built up his military, he's got a lot more equipment, now they're watching and they looked at all the equipment that was left behind in Afghanistan, all the equipment that's for sale by other powers. And they're feeling pretty powerful right now. North Korea just test fired around 100 missiles, including ICBMs, since the, what, the, since the end, the middle of 2022. The Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning said the Japanese defense paper interfered in China's internal affairs and deliberately played up the so-called Chinese threat. Let me tell you something. If you're not looking at China as a military threat, please hand me your medication because I need it. And this comes after seven months of a government that adopted new national security and defense strategies, doubling their defense budget. It's like 43 trillion yen, which is like 300... 10 billion by 2027. It's just the world is on the brink of a huge war. I was not alive during World War II, but I certainly have studied it intensely. The next world war will be even worse. And we're not prepared. That's the bottom line. Taiwan is, is throwing invasion drills you know, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about invasion, that balls of flame exploded in front of two residential buildings, one of them leaning against the other on the outskirts of the city, where they're, they're looking over the Taiwan Strait. You got all these firefighters rushing to put out these fires, and you got loudspeakers with people telling the onlookers an assault carried by the Chinese causes a bus to overturn, several buildings to tilt and collapse, and many people are trapped. The city of Taiwan suffers indiscriminate missile attack. It's, it's a, you know, a pretend one. But that's what they're doing. They're simulating what they think is going to happen. Now, if they believe that's going to happen, maybe we should take that seriously. Now, they hold drills and exercises. I know some people are going to say, well, they do that all the time. And it's always pretty theatrical. But this year, they're bigger, they're louder, and they're way more coordinated. Because they want to drive home a very clear message. War could break out at any moment. Do you feel like we're prepared? You know, I'm looking at Michael Walsh, uh, the representative that I had him on, I think, early in the week, or last week. And he was talking about he wants a total evaluation of the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Okay, I think the American people are entitled to that. Yesterday, 
He's calling for an investigation into apparently the overturning of the uh, Bergdahl, the deserter, who now apparently, you know, scot-free? Come on, man, as Joe Biden would say. Something terribly wrong. And we sit around watching more indictments, more charges against uh, former President Donald Trump when I believe he should be given a civilian medal of honor. This guy kept us out of all this mess. Now the mess is coming home to roost. And of all the people to have in the White House, a guy who is beholden to China, a guy who we're now pretty certain, son, has been in the pocket of the CCP for years. Now, I would suppose, I don't think you need to be a... Uh, rocket scientist or an investigative journalist, but I'm just going to guess that they got the goods, that China's got the goods on the Hunter Biden and, and Joe Biden and whatever other Biden was involved. We're in a terrible position. We've got a compromised president. And, you know, don't tell me, well, you don't know that for sure. I know pretty well that there's something fishy about the relationships between the current administration and China. And I believe that the only reason they're not calling for his head on a stick, the president's, you know, being relieved of his duties is because they're more terrified of their vice president becoming the president, especially at this moment in history. So the Communist Party leaders in Beijing, they think Taiwan is part of, the, of China. They're going to take it back by force, if necessary, in spite of the fact that they never, ever ruled there. Chinese leader Xi Jinping, he thinks resolving the Taiwan issue is central to his so-called China dream of national rejuvenation, saying that it's a test that should not be passed to another generation. Okay, so maybe you don't see the signs of military confrontation being imminent, Maybe the authority, the Department of Defense is not taking it very seriously. But I got to tell you, it's 100 miles. That's the Taiwan Strait that separates the island from China. It's pretty tense. If you think the, the DMZ is intense in Korea, which, by the way, apparently you can just cross over with the tour group. I didn't understand how that, that, where is that soldier? Has anybody heard any news about him? No. You know, we're too busy indicting Donald Trump. We're too busy uh, pretending we're going to give Hunter Biden a pass. And then, luckily, a courageous judge said, nah, wait a minute. Mm -mm. I don't like this deal. I'm not going to accept this plea deal. So it occupies all of our minds and all of our time. And meanwhile, not only is it the thing blowing up in the Asian quadrant. But now, I don't think you ought to look too closely at the Middle Eastern quadrant either because there's some nightmarish stuff. Does anybody ever talk about Syria anymore? Does anybody talk about what's going on with Hezbollah and Hamas and, and the potential of a shifting in governments even in Israel? with all these protests and everything that's happening. But, you know, we're too busy indicting Donald Trump to pay attention to that. Israel is our ally. 
if a war begins there, we got to go. If they attack Taiwan, we got to go. And I have no confidence in this leader. And I have no idea if we have the military strength. You know, and, and this is going to be a strange analogy, but this week, a bunch of transgendered people decided they wanted to be Miss Italy. And like they descended upon the Miss Italy contest, which by the way, the person who runs that had said, I'm not accepting transgendered people. This is a beauty contest for women or whatever contest. They don't like to say beauty. They just say talent and, and, and poise and charm or whatever they say about these things. And it's not that I'm a big fan of it, but why have we suddenly accepted that being a woman is your choice? Everything's a choice except uh, when it comes to my Second Amendment. That's not a choice. Yeah. They just, they just, they've, they've run amok. They've gone crazy all over the world. And uh, we're giving all of our military hardware to the Ukraine so that they can fight against Russia until Russia gets so ticked off and realizes how much of a proxy war this really is, they come at us. And then China says, well, here's my moment. Here's our moment. Look, if you are not paying attention, well, you better start paying attention because I believe that we're on the brink of a nightmarish scenario in the Middle East and in the Southeast Asian Pacific. And we're not prepared. We're just not ready. Anyway, don't forget, new time, I'm on at three o'clock. Punch it into your calendar, your scheduler. And of course, we got a great lineup and it's happening every single day. And I hope that you're enjoying it. In the meantime, don't forget to download our 850 WFTL app on your phone. That way you can listen wherever you are, whenever you want to. And you can participate in all our contests, get storm alerts, all that good stuff, just by having the app or visiting the website, 850WFTL.com. I'm going to take a break. Derek will not be with us this week or next week. Um, my son decided he was going to take his family to Hawaii for a little vacation. Must be nice, right? You know, I'm just going off to Hawaii with the wife and two kids, Mom, so I won't be able to do your show. Really? Why aren't you taking your mother? I'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So what can I tell you? You know, you, you, th you look at the world and you wonder, where's this going? In, in, P in, a, in Cuba today, because we forget about all these other hotspots, right? In Cuba, a piece of Gouda cheese costs a month's salary for someone who works for the state. If that doesn't tell you what everything you need to know about the spiraling economic crisis that's taking place in this particular socialist, communist country, and this is what 
We've got an entire party in this country that thinks it would be a good idea if we went in that direction. Ah, there's no Gouda cheese that costs less than 4,000 4, Cuban pesos. That's 20 bucks, which is the salary. I don't, it's just crazy. And we don't pay attention. That's not the news that we read. No, no, no. We want to know more about Kevin Spacey's trial. You know, and look, I know people are probably saying to themselves, well, her, daughter, her son makes a living off of that nonsense. And I got to look at headlines that read things like, walls closing in, four more charges. You know, now they've charged another person in the Trump case. And now they've charged him more. And I'm going, what the hell? Do we not have a clue what's really going on here? I, I just, uh, I'm worried. You know, I'm really worried. And, and this primary, crazy. It's, it's now literally a four-way presidential primary because there's some people who are going to make it and some people who aren't. I think there's 13 candidates in total, but I think, this is my belief, maybe five. If, if Nikki Haley sneaks in, it's a five-man race, five-people race because you got Trump at the top, You've got DeSantis falling like unbelievable. Somebody made the analogy that the DeSantis campaign is headed down the same path that Jeb, with an exclamation point, went down in six, you know, in 2016. Because I'm telling you that this this guy is failing just like Jeb failed, and nobody wanted to say that except me, you know. I said, just because you've been elected the governor of Florida twice does not make you presidential. It just doesn't. You can't, you can't say that you're in a position or you've proven yourself because you were elected twice to be governor of Florida. And, and I believe that they were both good governors. Jeb, not as much as Ron, but you know, they're going down the same path. He's losing. He's losing ground every day. And that's not good. Vivek Ramaswamy gaining ground. Tim Scott starting to pull in money. And really, now you got people saying Glenn Youngkin should run. Oh my goodness! You just, you just, and and I got a, uh, what you call it, a um, minority leader, Mitch McConnell. You know, having neurological episodes on the camera. We got a president who they have to shorten the staircase, can't construct a sentence, has to read it off a card and can't always, uh, you know, make out what's on the card. So Mitch McConnell, he can't be minority leader anymore. Uh, in my opinion, at age 81, saying you feel fine after you had a stroke in front of the entire world Come on. And then my president calls him. Sure, he can empathize. This is a guy who fell over a sandbag at a graduation ceremony for the military. So who's going to replace him? Very interesting. Because Mitch McConnell did not have a good relationship with Donald Trump. So now who, who steps in? Chuck Grassley? How old is Chuck Grassley? 
I'm, I'm just asking. Because I don't think he's a spring chicken either. So who ends up the minority? John Thune, probably, right? Or John Cornyn. Or maybe John Barrasso. Those are the candidates for minority leadership. You probably know little or nothing about them. I'm not blaming them. I'm just telling you, we don't cover this stuff. The only thing we cover are these gruesome headlines. Four more charges! You know, or... Uh, what does Tim Scott have to say about Florida's uh, slavery? Now it's called the slavery curriculum. And then you have people making stupid comparisons on television. You know, I'm so grateful that I kicked that habit, right? And unfortunately, you know, they lost the case when they fired Tucker Carlson, right? So those of us that were still struggling and watching it said, okay, I'm done. D O. N-E, done. And I understand that yesterday, I saw it on the, one of the websites, aggregate websites, Greg Gutfield had the audacity <laughs> to compare the curriculum which says uh, many slaves had developed skills which were helpful to them. You know, and now it's like, ooh, is that racist? Well, Byron Donalds didn't think it is, and Larry Elder didn't think it is, but everybody else thought it was. This is what we talk about while they're, you know, threatening war in Taiwan. It's amazing. It really is. And, and Sam Bankman, by the way, just they dropped the charges against him for his illegal campaign donations to the Democrat Party. Are you surprised? Because I'm not. You know, they have me looking over here at the, uh, unfortunately, at all the shiny things. Like, ooh, Kevin Spacey and ooh, but, uh, whatever. A manatee dies from high-intensity sex. What, the, what kind of a headline is that? At a Florida aquarium. Literally, not in a Florida paper either, in the New York Post. That a Florida manatee died after having too much high-intensity sex with his brother. What the... Now manatees are transgendering or, or whatever. And that made, that made the headlines. But I didn't see anything about Japan. I didn't, didn't see anything about the Ukraine, really. And all of the weapons that we just sent over there. I had that list in front of me the other day when I had one of the uh, congressmen on. And I said, w w why are we sending all this stuff? I know that we'd like them to win, but like, they're not winning. Okay. And what happens if we need that stuff? We left a ton of stuff in Afghanistan and now we're sending a ton of stuff to the Ukraine and the Pentagon is saying, well, we're going to beef up our production. Whoa, a little late. Donald Trump had gotten all that stuff together and this administration leaves it behind or sends it somewhere else. Give me a break. I, I'm just, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm going to build a bunker. Because I don't think it, the, 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 it portends much good. And not even this election, which I, of course, believe could go in a direction that would be helpful. But I don't know if anybody is prepared for what's about to happen. Just saying. But don't worry, because the necropsy on the Florida manatee revealed that... <sighs> 
I can't. You can't make it up. If you don't read the New York Post, you probably missed that headline, but it was a headline, okay? All right, let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. I got uh, a little bit nervous today when I was reading uh, a piece about uh, RFK Jr. Now, look, obviously his politics and mine are don't align in many, many ways, and they do align in other ways. And he was looking to get protection, and protection has been provided to people who are running for the presidency since what do you think was the precipitating event where they decided that someone who's running for the presidency should be protected by the Secret Service? The assassination of his father, okay, in 19, was it 68? Yeah, 1968. Ever since then, candidates are provided Secret Service protection, but not RFK. Uh-uh. He was on X. I got to get used to saying he was on X because, you, you know, it, 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 Twitter was around a long time. But on X, he said the typical turnaround time for a pro forma protection request from presidential candidates is 14 days. After 88 days of no response and after several follow-ups by our campaign, the Biden administration just denied our request. Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS uh, chief, said, I have determined that Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not warranted at this time. They had a report that said they had unique and well-established security and safety risks aside from death threats. This is a, you know, this is another thing where you, they essentially, when you think about it, the U.S. Secret Service was created the night that Senator RFK was shot in L.A. He had bodyguards with him. He had Roosevelt Greer. Rosie Greer was with him. And he got killed. But there were no Secret Service agents present because before 1968, they didn't, go to presidential candidates. But the policy was changed after his father's assassination. And this administration, who, who he's running against in a primary, denied him protection. That's like monstrous. And again, it's not because I think RFK should be the president, but th- th- this administration acts like, like the mob. You know, Mallorca's acts like a person who's being blackmailed. No, this is, it, can you imagine, it's, it's really scary. And I, I don't wanna speak this into the universe, but can you imagine, JFK was assassinated, RFK was assassinated, and they won't give RFK Jr. Secret Service protection as he runs a, a primary campaign against the seated president? This guy's, this is disgusting, it really is. And God forbid anything happen. They'll have nobody to uh, blame them. It's just incredible. It's absolutely evil. That's all I'm going to say. I would give him, even if he weren't a contender, and by the way, he is a contender. He's got over 20% of support. I would, if I were any administration, Republican or Democrat, I'd say you definitely have to give a Secret Service 
uh, protection to RFK Jr. I mean, <laughs> denying him protection is just wrong. But it's the dual system of justice. Now we have a dual system of protection. You can't can't make this up. I, I feel pretty soon Gutichis will be you know, a whole month's salary. That's what's coming. And people don't want to take it seriously. People are sitting around, like I said, you know, they don't know. They're more upset over, you know, the migrants being shipped from one place to another. Now you have the mayor of Anchorage, Alaska, saying, I'm, I'm sending them to L.A. <laughs> and that, that's, that consumes more media time than anything else. Or trashing, uh, what's his name, uh, Ron DeSantis. I don't support Ron DeSantis for his bid for the Republican nomination. Everybody knows that, right? I cannot believe that the faltering of his campaign is a bigger headline than some of these stories that really are going to affect all of us. You know, is inflation cooled now with another raise? What? We don't know. Yeah, we just, we got a minority leader who is in deep doo-doo. We got a, a, um, a Supreme Court that has asked for protection. Samuel Alito, uh, you know, has to say, what's going on here? We're supposed to be protected. And yet, we saw this year that Brett Kavanaugh, an armed man, was arrested outside of his house. It's a very, very, very scary time. But comparison, all I can compare to is, like, I'm in my... I'm entering my seventh decade, okay? But over the last seven decades, I have not felt the kind of nervousness that I feel right now regarding World War III, regarding the protection of our elected representatives. I think we're turning into the kind of republic where uh, there is no protection, where a Supreme Court makes a decision and then you know, the, the justices are literally being targeted. And these are very serious times. And we don't have very serious people leading us, with the exception of a handful of people. You know, look, obviously, I think this is the best Supreme Court we've seen in years. It's dominated by conservatives. You know, so I had a, a dream the other night. I'm, I'm also reading a book about the sort of unexpected decisions and written decisions that uh, Scalia, Justice Scalia, was responsible for. It's a fascinating book. He's a fa he fascinates me, and I still don't know how that happened, how he died. I mean, I, I understand, but it just seems to me as though it was a little uh, untimely. But now you have, uh, you know, guys who are ideologically opposite a guy like, you know, Justice Alito, he, he's very different than a Justice Thomas. And that's why Justice Thomas sometimes has to write lone concurrences. Uh, the, the, the court is roiling right now. And I, I just, I fear for, for this country, I fear for us, its citizens, 
and I look at the depletion, and they just signed an NDA, a National Defense Authorization Bill. And let me tell you, they, there are things in there that have absolutely nothing to do with defense. But there were some senators who voted against it, and that is a very, very hard thing for a senator to do. You better be really secure in your upcoming election, right? Six Democrats, one independent, and four Republicans voted against it in the Senate. So now it goes into the reconciliation with the Democrat-led Senate and the Republican-led House. And, uh, you know, it contains a lot of things that you probably will never know about. Never. So the voting against it were Cory Booker. Remember Cory Booker? Wasn't he like a big star during the, <laughs> during the last uh, election cycle? Or the one before it, I can't even remember when Cory Booker was relevant, but apparently he voted against it. Mike Braun, the Republican from Indiana, said he planned to introduce several amendments. Um, he said it was driving government glut, and he posted it on a video to X, X, formerly known as Twitter. Right? Who does that? Oh, Prince, you know, formerly known as Prince. It's amazing. Mike Lee voted against it. That was expected. Senator Ed Markey, a Democrat from Massachusetts, voted against it. He said it was ridiculous and that the bloated budget doesn't advance our national security. You got to cut government spending. But, you know, defense contractor spending, why are we so anxious to, to up it? Because we gave away so many of our, mil so much military hardware, so much ammunition. And then now they're scared. Now, you know, Lloyd Aston's looking at the at the books and he's going, whoa. The Department of Defense needs to be trimmed. You can you can spend the money you need, but you can't you can't waste it. Excessive, excessive spending in the NDAA. Senator jo Jeff Mark Merkley, the Democrat. And look, I'm always for give them what they need. But as J.D. Vance, who voted against it, said, you cannot continue to provide Ukraine with years of additional military aid. And that's what's in the bill. He said, I cannot in good conscience support the broader package which commits the United States to years of additional military aid for the war in Ukraine. I think it goes out to like 2035 or some crazy number. Meanwhile, you know, we have to get everybody, all government personnel, out of Haiti because they're kidnapping Americans. That's okay, don't worry, because the headline is that there was a manatee that had too much sex in a Florida aquarium. Let me take a break, a final break. I'll come back and finish this show. Coming up after me is Eric Erickson, and then the weekend begins in earnest, and that's a great thing. As I said earlier, won't be speaking with Derek today or next week because he's taking the family on a little jaunt to the Hawaiian Islands. Wish I was his kid. Think he should have taken his mother. I'll be right back. My, my, my. I'll tell you, I've been just uh, consumed with this Facebook stuff because, you know, now we've got proof. Everything that we said and we were told was conspiracy theories, right? You know, now we have proof that Facebook executives 
discussed the, the, how they were going to deal with posts about the origins of the pandemic, right? Can somebody quickly remind me why we're removing rather than demoting or labeling claims that COVID is man-made, says one of the emails, some guy, Nick Clegg, who was the president of Global Affairs, in an email to his colleagues, he said, what, what, why are we doing this? And the response is, we were under pressure from the administration and others to do more. We shouldn't have done it. Unbelievable. You know, Zuckerberg, he, he's practicing judo and challenging, you know, the owner of Tesla and X to a cage match. These people are out of control everywhere. The, the House Judiciary Committee just did this investigation and they're trying to find out what did this administration do that censored speech about COVID and other things, but about COVID. And the White House, yeah, well, we were just promoting the adoption of vaccines and other public health goals. We have consistently made it clear, they said, that we believe social media companies have a critical responsibility to take account of the effects of their platforms and what the, you know, how the people interpret what's up there. That's what Corrine Jean-Pierre said yesterday at a press briefing. And she, you know, this is crazy. You're not allowed, Karen, Karen Jean, whatever your name is, you're not allowed to dictate what information I get or give on a platform that was designed so that I would have a place to do it. You have taken away all the places where we could have interaction with one another. We have to buy, it's like, how much closer to socialism are we going to get? We have state-controlled media. You know, if they don't want it on, Facebook takes it off. We know that Twitter did that. No wonder he changed the name to X. Who wants to be associated with a company that caved to the political party that was in power at the time? I'm sure they all believed the same stuff. They were all a bunch of liberals anyway. But for goodness sake, I just, I'm, I, it's loathsome to me that these content moderation decisions were supposed to be made with no regard to politics. They weren't supposed to be, well, you can't put anything up that the conservatives question. And we're not talking about crazy out there people. We're talking about guys who invented mRNA, who said, you know, maybe we ought to be doing a little more studying of this. You know, and then he, Joe Biden had the audacity to say that the false information that was going out on Facebook, which ends up wasn't false, right? That they're killing people. And Facebook got, you know, they said, well, we have to reevaluate our policies and we have to get high level company officials to talk to the administration. And, and they did it. They caved. It's unbelievable. How Mark Zuckerberg can hold his head up. He's got you know, children, and they're inheriting a world where, you know, if you're a vaccine skeptic like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or like me, you know, you won't get recommendations on Facebook. You'll be stifled, if not canceled. And that, you know, I'm supposed to say, okay, that's okay. Zuckerberg should be held in contempt for not turning over the documents about how they were communicating with this administration 
Congress has a right to see that, and Congress should show it to us, the American people. Because when your First Amendment rights go, it's not far behind the Second Amendment. Although it'd be much better, bigger fight, that's for sure. Anyway, I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back in front of the microphone on Monday at three o'clock. Only I'll be broadcasting from Kentucky. That's right. I'm a going to Kentucky, and I'll be doing the show from there. It's nice to be uh, roaming around the country and give you a little bit of idea of what's happening. Hey, maybe I'll get to see Mitch McConnell. I mean, he is the Republican senator from Kentucky. So I'll be back here on Monday at 3 o'clock, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are huge matters compared to what lies within us nowadays. May God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. Talk to you on Monday. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.